Hey, it's your host, Brittany, and welcome to the Mom Sweat Sanity Podcast, where we talk all things life, health, fitness, kids, relationships, you name it, nothing is off the table. A little bit of just me and a whole lot of knowledgeable guests. So throw on your Lulus to run or to mom, grab yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, and join us as we unpack life's pressing topics and learn a little bit more of the who, what, whys of it all. Or at the very least, get real, share some wisdom, and grab practical tips to help in our daily lives. Mental health is real. And, and just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's, it's not there. It's so real. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel this. It's just a matter of finding your way out of it and not letting it suck you in into an unhealthy situation. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on and chatting. Of course. Today. Thank you for asking yeah. me. And like, it gave us like kind of this opportunity to catch up and then mm-hmm. the opportunity to be able to think, just chat and fill in on life experiences because oh, I don't know, we had no idea as to the struggles and everything that Ty was going through. And then my first thought was like you, because Ooh. that's the situation that I was in and it's very lonely to be in. It is. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is. And it was so nice to hear from you because honest to God, Fred, you're the only one. Oh. <laughs> it was, it's such a journey where you kind of just have to let your partner drive for the most part to not, as you know, cause more stress or like you have to almost plant ideas so then they come up with it on their own right yeah yeah in a hugely roundabout way and I think that talking and you know I know he talked to his dad and his brother has been a humongous help and Jaron and I think that he got sort of the help that he needed well I say that he had a huge action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a couple. And you know, Brittany, it's so sad because as he opened up with a couple of his buddies, once the wound wasn't so raw, he was able to be like, yeah, no, I'm not coming back to work. Like this is sort of what happened, like nutshell version. And his friends or people would say like, oh yeah, no, I deal with stuff like that too. Like that's really too bad. I'm sorry you're struggling. And Ty's like, What? are you kidding me? Like I, <laughs> I suffered in silence mm-hmm. for so long and he could have, all it would have taken is like a buddy to say like, Hey man, what's up? Like, let's totally. talk. And yeah. you know, that's a really sad thing that I don't think we realize as women that is so closed off because I, I go out with my girlfriends and I spill the beans on everything and they spill the beans on everything and the night with like a, such a feeling, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I yeah. think, you know, the guys, they get home from work and they're so tired and they're just doing the husband and the dad thing. And they're, they don't make time for themselves as we do because we're the moms and we stay home and, and then we go out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's, I find like Ryan for sure is not the planner, right? He's always like, Oh, well you're out with your girlfriends again. Or like, well, you guys are doing this great, you know, pre COVID like going away yeah. for the weekend or doing yeah. things like that. I'm like, yeah, you can plan that too. You have all the same yes. people and you know, everything the same. You can just pick yeah. up the phone and plan it. Oh, and you know, there are totally. so many times I said, Ty, like, phone your buddy, go camping. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do. Like have a weekend, like go do it. He's like, no, no. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. I'll do that. And then it never never happens. happens. And I think that that is such a huge 
huge thing that I think that if people just did, it would help a lot. I think maybe, so maybe if we can give context to our conversation as we dive into things. Sure. I'm here obviously with Haley and Haley is extended family. I will say Haley is married to my husband's cousin. So 2019, I went through a journey with Ryan through mental health and anxiety. And as of late, I was, I guess, put into the know of Haley and Ty going through a bit of a world themselves here. And so I thought it would be a great, honest conversation to have Haley on here and just chat as we are currently, but also to put a bit of context into the other side of mental health. And it's not, you're not alone, no matter who you are, as you go through it, other people, there are so many people around you that deal with mental health. I honestly believe that some point through life, all of us are walking on some level of mental health. However, we're discussing a bit of our story through watching our husband's struggle and how that affected our world and how we wanted to be there for them and sometimes couldn't, I guess we should yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well so, said. Yeah. Thank you again for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's so nice. So I don't, are you able to give some context maybe to either Ty's journey or at least to your journey as you saw the world kind of as you knew it in one point. Oh, it was pretty difficult few months there over the summer and with COVID being on top of it, I think magnified every situation. But just real quick, Ty had a medical emergency at work that was caused from stress and he was hauled off to the hospital, lights and sirens, thinking it was a heart attack. And unfortunately, I was on my way to the hospital with the girls. I had gone to work, his work. They had called me and said like, hey, Ty's not feeling well. Do you mind coming to pick him up? And I had the girls in the car. We were headed to the beach. And I said, yeah, I'm right around the corner. I'll be right there. And I knew something was up because why would somebody call me from his cell phone if he's just not feeling well? Like, what is that? So I left the girls in the car and I ran up to his office and there he was on his side, unconscious at work and first aid was there. You know, they're trying to get him to drink a juice box in and out of consciousness. And I was like, what the heck is going like what? Okay. So an ambulance is on the way. So I was like, okay, babe, I'll meet you at the hospital. Like, don't worry. So I get in the car and the ambulance pulled up and the girls are like, mom, what's that ambulance doing here? Is dad okay? I thought we were picking him up. And I said, totally fine. But you know, don't worry. But that ambulance is for dad. He's really not feeling well. And because he's at work, they have to call an ambulance for legal reasons, but he's totally fine. I was just trying to like bring it down. And they're like, oh yeah, okay. That makes sense. And we go to the hospital and I locked eyes with the paramedic as we were pulling out of the parking lot. And we were just driving along Victoria to the hospital. And what comes up behind me is lights and sirens, the same paramedic, the whole thing flying past me, like to have to pull over for the ambulance that is your husband's in is is something I never want anybody I wouldn't wish on anybody especially with your kids in the car and you can't like totally freak out (laughs) 
Uh, uh, oh my gosh, it was horrible, Brittany. Mm -hmm. And I was just trying to like keep it together. Like I was, don't get ahead of yourself. Like it was really scary though. And I walked over and I had ties when I was at his office, I grabbed his cell phone and grabbed his wallet, like anything that I could grab for him. I don't know. And so I find... And it's COVID also, so we're not allowed in the hospital unless it's you on the stretcher also. So I wait outside the hospital and see the paramedic come out (laughs) and like a crazy person. I ran over. (laughs) I was like, hey, can you tell me anything? Like you just brought my husband and he's like, oh yeah, he's pretty sick. And I was like, okay, that doesn't help, but great. Thanks for bringing him here. And what does that mean? Where is he? Like, I have his care card here probably need this he's like nope got it all don't worry I was like okay and then I had to so I then I phoned the hospital and they're like he's still like an emergency he's been admitted and I was like what the hell he's been here for like 10 minutes what is happening honest to god and all I knew I wanted I just needed to get a cell phone to him so I could whatever so I went up and totally annoyed the nurse at the front <laughs> just was so annoying I'm sure she probably she probably hated me in that moment but oh my god and anyway long he got his cell phone it took a while and then he called me and he told me that what happened is he essentially we don't really know it was like a heart blood flow heart stress low blood sugar like a, just a total hurricane of stuff that just brought him down and that was that so he had to do all these tests he was at the hospital for the whole day and he had blood tests and ECGs and brainwave things and then he had to wear a halter monitor and it was just like what is this like what is happening and you know as as I'm sure you know Brittany like exercise and eating properly is like the number one thing you can do for anxiety, but throw stress in there. You don't want to eat properly. You can't eat probably. You you just want to sit on the couch and watch movies. Like there's not much you want to do. So together it makes this really horrible situation that ends really badly. And and as they say, right, like stress is the silent killer. Like the you never the amount of stress that can wreak havoc on your health it's is scary. crazy and for most people you don't get to that point of realizing how stressed you are until there's a terrible situation exactly and you know it's i keep after this i saw like take a break before you do you know it just shows like really if he had maybe taken some holidays or taken some time or just recognized it himself like I'm going through something. I need to step back for a while and, and, you know, get myself sorted out and be able to look at this with fresh eyes. Maybe things would have been different, but in this scenario, it wasn't, unfortunately. But yeah, it was a really scary time. And him coming home from the hospital was, it was difficult for me because, I mean, me, <laughs> it's not really about me. It's about all because of you. it's he, a, you're a unit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but because he looked fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would. He had lost a ton of weight, and yeah, he didn't look like himself. 
but he wasn't in a cast and he wasn't on painkillers like but he looked fine and it was a really difficult few weeks I guess after he got out of the hospital he was on leave from work like he didn't have to worry about that everything was sort of taken care of at home middle of the summer so like no school like it was and I had lost my job so we were really just at home but it was difficult to remember like hey babe do you want to come to the beach do you want to go do something you want to you know go up island you want to do anything and he goes like no no I don't no you have fun and I'm like and I kept having to check myself like okay you wouldn't be saying this if you had a broken leg you wouldn't be feeling this way like if this was a visible illness it's it's just go out with yourself like (laughs) leave them alone stop being so annoying and that actually took a little while for me to you know kind of get used to the idea that like he is healing in a sense even though I couldn't really relate to what was happening like I do not suffer from from the same thing fortunately and I have a really easy way of flipping the switch and just forgetting about it and moving on. And, and I know I'm super fortunate with that. So it took me a little bit to realize this is serious. He needs time. Leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Stop being so fucking annoying. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> want to go to the beach. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. he was more wanting to stay home, be in his environment of where he felt he, comfortable yeah, and safe. He, exactly. He just wanted to be home with us yeah we got him out like quite a few times after like this is just like the first week first few days after the hospital you know he was really at home he just wanted to be at home he probably really wanted to go to Vancouver but he couldn't because the ferries were shut down at this point and it was really it was really hard and and we just sort of had to hang out and and just you know Mm-hmm. just be there and that's hard to do when you can't see something you know it's like am I doing this right <laughs> totally and for yeah. both of you like I guess at the beginning not knowing what was wrong what was happening to how to to get through that and then realize like okay well how how do I support him and for him what do I actually need and like you know is there a what is wrong with me well no, there's yeah. nothing's wrong with you, but like, how do you start to make yourself feel better? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I just, all I wanted to do was just fix them. And I thought, we'll go, we'll order dinner from your favorite place. That's not going to do anything, Kaylee. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not going through a breakup. Like, I'm having a problem. You know, totally. it's like, have a bath. Doing all the things that I make me feel better when I'm, you know, upset or something. I just could not wrap my head around what was happening. And that made it really difficult. But I got there. I did. And happy to say he's well on his way now, which is great. But so uh, what did at the end, like, did the hospital come back saying, you know, stress, anxiety attack, like, and it, it was, was anything. it was a anxiety attack mixed with low blood sugar because he wasn't eating and he was being like throwing up every morning and just not taking care of himself. So when he, he had like this super stressful thing happen at work and he stood up from his desk and he basically hit the floor 
this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was just like this, so many different little, little things that just turn into one big thing. Which, of, yeah. yeah. And not to mention like being like at work and having to be stretchered out in front of all of your colleagues and, you know, like that's hard. That, I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. That is, that is a hard thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to watch your husband, who's usually, you know, such a pillar of support and just doing it and like getting out there every day. And, yeah, you know, you don't it. have to worry about that. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, oh, wow. Like, no, we're not nope. unbreakable. We're exactly. And that was pretty, that was a pretty hard pill to swallow. I'll be honest. It was once I realized that this wasn't like a weekend il- illness, like if that sounds horrible, yeah, I'm sorry. Nope. Once I realized and he said, like, he's like, I'm, I'm not, go- I can't go back to work. Like, I, I'm not doing that. Like, I'd rather be alive than have the money. Like, yeah. stop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I get that. Like, that's totally fine. Don't. Well, first I said, are you sure? And then, <laughs> then I said, you're like, holy okay. shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So once like that whole conversation happened, I got totally on board. You know, I said to you earlier, we really wanted to come up island and have the girls start school up here in September. And and our lease was up at our, our townhouse. And so all these yeah. things, and now I didn't have a job and he didn't wasn't working. So we're like, why not? Like, what are we doing here in Victoria? Like, there's nothing for us here. We each had a couple of friends, but like, not really. Yeah. So like, we're like, fuck it. Like, let's just go. And it was really on a whim decision, which was terrifying. Like my whole summer was terrifying with experiences. Like I couldn't see a week in the future at all. It was, you know, terrifying, but so exciting to get, try and get out of like the mundane work stress life and and move into a place where we love and the, you know, there's endless trails and beach and lakes and rivers nearby. And they're not packed with 30,000 people like in Victoria, <laughs> like, like there's so much excitement around that mm-hmm. and having ties. I don't know what to call it. Emergency and just leaving it behind us in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It was so exciting, but it was so terrifying Brittany <laughs> like I could not like we were really just going one day at a time one week at a time yeah no it was just so good and and having a sense of like just restart just completely restart and there's that Chris Stapleton song that came out the exact week that the shit was going down Lucky Penny for the Clover oh, like yeah. that song that song yeah and it's our it just completely mm-hmm. let's beat the storm and be on our way. Like, let's just leave this town, whatever. Yeah. It was so perfect. And moving here really has been a huge blessing for us. You know, talk about taking such a shit situation and just a world crumbling thing that happened yeah. to us. And we just flipped it and just really, it has been so nice. The so outcome without- has been great. Yeah. 
I'm sure that was kind of your paradigm shift as he said he wasn't going back to work. Then your sudden reality is like, okay, so what are we going to do? And here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Like, yeah, that was, that was a pretty scary moment. You know, I, when he said that, and that was for sure not happening, I remember thinking like, okay, like that's fine, but I'm not going to be able to get a job that pays as much. I haven't been working on my career the last 10 years. I've been at home with the kids. All I can do is work evenings and weekends and be a waitress or work at London Drugs. Like I have, I had had this idea of myself that I wasn't going to do anything, (laughs) which is bullshit. And not that you're not doing anything every day regularly, (laughs) but I was so mad at myself for lack of a better term, putting all of my eggs in someone else's basket. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I hundred percent know what you mean. You know, like I was just we all struggle with that at some point when you decide to be at home with the kids and you're always wanting more. And Mm -hmm. when you're faced with this kind of a reality where you're trying to be the other side of it, helping your spouse, but knowing that they are not capable of all things at the moment and you have to be all things. How do you step yourself through that? It was a pretty stark realization. And, you know, I had been seeing some friends going through divorce and not that that's happening, but in two different scenarios, I saw one be completely ruined like because she's been at home with their kids and now she has no career and her they had to sell the house and now blah 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 blah, all the things but then I had another friend get divorced and they were looking at a house to buy and then they got divorced but then she bought the fucking house anyway (laughs) by herself and I was like what (laughs) What? oh my gosh and she And I was so proud of her for that. Like, I just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. And she's like, well, fuck that. I bought it myself. (laughs) I was like, that is so cool. But anyway, I was mad at myself for putting myself third, I guess, kids, and then Ty, and then me, and I would work around the kids, but... You know, it was still me for Prodi days. It was still me for summer break. Like all of the things that is so hard as a parent and with schoolies and younger children, there's really no balance. There's full-time daycare or a part-time job. Like there's not an in-between. So the panic was, well, no, I like, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could work like, what am I going to do with myself? But then this like job posting came up and I did truthfully, this is the most surprising part, like truthfully hit all the requirements for this job. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Like that That's not surprising. My- You're selling yourself <laughs> way too short. I, I sell myself way too yeah. short all the time. This is, mm-hmm. this was like the, one of the first realizations of don't sell yourself short because without going too much into it, I got that job (laughs) and I was so proud of myself and it's a great job. And I've got, it's 
great money and it's great benefits, like my own benefits. And I'm finally like, for the first time since having kids, I'm able to like buy dinner and, you know, you know, take us to the movies if we could. Yeah, if we could. could. But no, it's in it. I am really annoyingly able to look at the bright side of things. And if I was a different kind of person, I think that this whole scenario could be, you know, a deal breaker. It could be a sob story. It could be all the negative things. But I truthfully think it's been an incredible experience and mm-hmm. a shift in our reality, which I think is needed sometimes, just a complete shakeup of Absolutely. the norm. Because truthfully, yeah. Brittany, like I've really enjoyed going to work every day and I really enjoy my job. And Ty really enjoys taking the kids to school. And he has never gotten to do that before you know, making the lunches every day, doing the parent-teacher conferences, all of the things that are normal in my life, he's never had to do. He's never had to run clothes to school because one fell in the mud. Like that's not something (laughs) that dads generally get to do. And I have never, you know, flight followed before, but like, (laughs) you know, it's so much, it's been a really really great experience in our relationship to see what the other person has been doing the last Mm -hmm. 10 years. And I think, I think we each have like this renewed respect for each other of like, wow, Haley, like you really didn't just sit at home all day. Like you're, (laughs) you're busy. Oh my gosh. You're like hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, babe, like I, I'm sorry that like I, you know, you missed out on this, that, and the other thing. And I'm really sorry that I've, you know, asked you to do all this stuff after work. Like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I'm like this whole like renewed sense of what the other person's going through has been really great. Mm-hmm. I think you totally like hit a string with me there. When Ryan was going through his hard year, our hard year, just his realities of what actually happened in a day he said afterwards when he was able to vocalize that, like how grateful and thankful he was for all that I do in a day. And he never really recognized that before because he was never around to see it, but also taking another, you know, detour from that is making sure that we all find our own time for ourselves. And I think through that year, I realized that I do a lot of things, but I have always wanted something more for myself. Whether that is going to provide an income or not is something different. It's making sure that you have something that enlightens you. And for him, you know, he worked on himself so hard through that year to make sure that he could you know, be better, be more aware. And he has come out a completely different person. Our priorities that you look at a few years ago to now are night and day. So many big things that used to be big things don't matter anymore. When you have your health and your family and, you know, your friends that rally around you, there's not a lot more in life that really matters. You don't need it all. 
You don't need that. Yeah. That is something that has been so relevant through these last, I mean, we've been at it for like six, seven months, I guess now. And yeah, the little things that were important are not, they are not important at all. And like, I'm forever grateful for people like you and, you know, our friends and, and just being healthy and happy is Mm -hmm. more important than anything. I swear to God, anything else that is, that is it. So have you found any outlets or health for your mental health? Do you talk to a counselor or anything along those lines? I no, I don't talk to a counselor. I am really bad at saying everything's fine. Yeah, everything's uh, fine. I I don't need to talk about anything. I'm totally fine. We don't like how's the weather? Let's keep it like surface chat. As soon as somebody looks me in the eye and says, how are you doing? Like you did sort of from that text message. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I have so much going on. But no, I keep my feelings locked up, which is horrible because they come out mm-hmm. at the most inopportune time. The boiling point. <laughs> they, they do. Like they, you can't. It's like that song Cry Pretty by Carrie Underwood. Mm-hmm. You can say everything's fine, but no, eventually you're not going to be able to do that. No, but what I do is I get up every morning at five o'clock and I check in with myself before I check in with the world. My house gets up really early. So five (laughs) o'clock, five o'clock is my time to get up before anybody else and, you know, sit by the fire and just chill out uh, before I can really be a nice part of the family and, you know, be a decent human being. But that is my number one thing is just getting up early and taking some time for myself. I'm currently saving for a Peloton bike, which I can't wait to get one day because I think that will be my favorite thing of all time. So I am currently saving for one of those. And I think that that will be my number one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hear you on a few levels and and you saying, you know, the everything is fine. I think that you know, when we say we're fine all the time and then when we really actually need that help and when we would really actually like someone to just ask us, they mm-hmm. don't anymore. I know. And I, it's kind of like the, you know, calling wolf. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. I get that. Yeah. You well, keep saying it, no and then you're like, oh, but actually I really actually, wish yeah. someone would just offer some help or offer yes. a hug or offer yes. a, how are you doing I know, but this is, this is the difference. There's a difference between Hey, Brett, how are you doing? And hey, Brittany, how are you? Um, There's a difference and nobody says, how are you? Mm-hmm. It's always, how are you? Like, how's it going? How are the girl? Like, how are your kids? How's, how's Ryan? How's Todd? Like, it's not. Let's get on to the rest of the conversation. <laughs> nobody's really wanting to know, usually, like, how are you? Mm-hmm. And that is it's so sad. It's so sad. And, you know, sometimes it's not an appropriate time. Like if I was at the grocery store, I wouldn't say, Brittany, how are you really doing? <laughs> That's not a great time. And you'd say, I'm great. I'm out of here. Like, don't, <laughs> don't do that. I'll check with grocery. you later. Yeah. <laughs> Call me later. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, I remember in the summer, Ian, Ty's dad had come over for lunch. He knew obviously everything that was going on. And he's like, 
I'll just come over. We'll go for lunch. Like, let's whatever. And Ty was getting the girls in the car and, and I was walking back with Ian and he goes, how are you doing Hale? And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sad. And I cried, but I was, had my sunglasses on and I just tried to keep it together so Ty wouldn't see. And because he was, I couldn't, I didn't want to be having these problems because he's going through these problems. You're being strong I don't, for him. Yeah. I don't want to be having these problems. There's nothing going on with me. Like, I don't want to be feeling these things. I'm not the one having a life crisis. Like I'm not. And but he, just the way he said it, I just completely melted. Yeah, I did. But I was able to suck it in, suck her back and get in the car, turn the air conditioning on, drive with the music on. And, but he didn't let me forget it. God bless him. We had gone to Vancouver, like maybe the next week, like to go stay with them and Ty and Julie were inside and Ian and I were out by the fire a couple of glasses deep and he goes so like how are you you know are you feeling better and I, <laughs> I couldn't do it oh my gosh it was so oh. heartwarming actually yeah good you need those people in your corner right you need to you need to have those people in your life that you can really just be honest with and they also help you check yourself. <laughs> check yourself, but you cannot be honest with other people until you're honest with yourself. 100%. Right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you, I mean, I'm sure you can relate with holding everything in and being the one that is the rock and no, there's nothing. I'm good. Like, what do you need? What do you need? What, how can I help you with your day instead of, you know, it's easy to deflect. And doesn't your, that change your journey going forward as you yeah. recognize that in yourself yeah. and what you need and how much lighter you feel when you actually start to recognize those feelings come and go and yes. look for those people to talk to or write it down or whatever it may be, right? Just yeah. to be able to even acknowledge that it's mm-hmm. there and there's no such thing as perfect. And we all have things that we need to deal with, whether they look big or small or it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It's our own reality. No. Like what do you do to keep yourself going? Yeah. So through, I guess over the last year and a half or so, I check in with the counselor. I really like her since COVID to be totally honest, though I haven't. And I've been starting to realize like I miss that. Yeah. Just it's an, it's a level of accountability that she you know, breaks, she doesn't break me down. I, it comes all from me speaking, but a level of accountability with myself, I think. Wow. That Um, must be such an experience too. And just, yeah, daily. I like my morning gratitude as well. And journaling when I, I'm bad at journaling often, but (laughs) I definitely go in waves of it. And when I, when I pull out the journal, I know that I'm needing it for sure. That is huge. And I think a journal will be in my future whenever. So I is Ty that. seeing a counselor or psychologist yep. or anyone? Yeah, he's a counselor since July. So awesome. since it first happened, that was one of the first things we did was yeah. like, let's find someone that's, I didn't not want to be his person, you know, like I wanted him to talk to me, but I knew that after 
well, 15 years total, but like the Mm -hmm. last, you know, few years, obviously I wasn't enough for that. I wasn't giving him what he needed to hear, or I don't, I don't know. I did my best and you know, I think that counselors are great for honestly, like for anyone and everyone. And Ryan and I have seen counselors for like our marriage, even when we're great, like just because it's like a great way to check in with each other on a level that you don't before. But I think that especially through a strong struggle of mental health and extra stress, we aren't supposed to do that job for our spouse. That is not what we're supposed to do. They should be talking to someone that has that expertise where they can then come to us and we can be there for everything else that they want and need from us. Yes. To unload that stress is not our doing. Yeah, no. And I agree with you. And once he started to talk to her, she's incredible. Like honest to God, she's, she's great. I mean, I've never talked to her, but Ty, she's doing something for Ty. That is (laughs) something that has needed to happen truthfully for a long time. And I think that there's a stigma around talking to somebody and like, you just, it's just this negative thing. Like mental health is this dirty word of yeah oh my god don't say that and you throw a counselor in there and everybody's like oh throw the towel and you're done like no there's no help for you like no totally and it's so frustrating and she's been so wonderful and he's done a huge 180 and it's incredible and it's I I am forever thankful for her and I really hope to I don't know what either meet her or send her a thank you card or <laughs> something. I think that totally. would be nice. But yeah, no, I think that that's a really important thing. And I have, yeah, I mean, I'm proud of you for going. That's incredible. Just having someone and I'm here somebody, for you whenever oh, you need thank to. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but uh, to have somebody that's not part of unbiased. your family. Unbiased. unbiased. Totally. Yeah. Somebody that has no, you know, sides pre-drawn yeah. <laughs> you know it's sure. totally someone that is yeah. doesn't know you and that is great like that is I would recommend it for anybody but maybe one day I'll get there well I can talk for hours to, oh. with you but yes two more things to talk sure about for yes. here for okay, here go. now yeah okay so recently I heard or read anyways from Rachel Hollis, who I follow along with, Mm -hmm. she noted that she does not agree that kids need to ever see their parents hurt and their parents struggle. So (sighs) she does not agree that, you know, the kids need to see you walk through hard times. Personally, myself, I completely disagree with this and our situation and scenarios in our family it was hard. Sienna dealt with some serious anxiety through the year also, but what that has taught us all is what she needs and how she can help herself going forward. Yeah. But what do you think about that? I also completely disagree with that. You know, there are certain things that in my adulthood that have happened that I'm like, well, this isn't normal. My mom and dad didn't have this happen. Mm-hmm. Well, they did. They just never let us see anything. Like, and Ty has said, he's like, I wish that I knew that my dad had struggled sometimes. That would have made what I'm going through a lot easier to know 
that I'm not a freak, you know, that I'm a normal human being. And that is something. And I think our parents' generation have this mentality because of their parents' generation where everything was behind closed doors. Like that is, you don't talk about your family business. You don't do this. You don't do that. And then some of, so our parents mostly have that mentality because that's how they were raised. Mm -hmm. So we're breaking this mentality of like, no, be out in the open. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some things that maybe there's thresholds of all of that. Yes. But yes, as a whole for the girls to see, you know, and Ty to be open with what he's going through, I think will benefit them Mm -hmm. for when they're older and they're dealing with things or their partners are dealing with things and they're not like, you know, that's not normal. You know, you're supposed to be the man. When is Life's not this perfect path. (laughs) No. And I think exactly. And I think it's a really important job that our generation has been given to sort of break the stigma of, you know, dads are super tough and work all the time and do all this. Moms stay home and make great freaking pancakes you know like <laughs> no yeah. I am so thrilled for my kids and you know just having this like holy shit flip this year of unsuredness and I'm sure they were feeling really like what is happening why are we moving into nanny and Kathy's house like this is weird if we weren't open with what our situation and what was happening and you know yeah this is weird but like it's gonna be okay like if we just kept it a secret they'd be like f right now like there there would be no (laughs) there'd be no going turning back no like okay well yeah like daddy needs help and well I do too and like yeah to not to never be ashamed to ask for help when you need it I feel sad but I'm not really sure why yeah like we're heading into this you know, the hormonal changes of a preteen girl, which is going to be great, (laughs) but it's already starting to happen. And I'll look over at her and she'll be just like sad out the window looking and I'll say, what's up? And she goes, oh, I don't know. I'm okay. And I'm like, what are you filming a are you pretending you're in a Hillary Duff music video <laughs> staring out in the rain? And she goes, who? I'm like, never mind. But <laughs> <laughs> Wrong generation. Wrong. Okay. But no, just to be able to open up about our feelings with them. And, mm-hmm. and so they, you know, my, one of my biggest fears is screwing up my kids. Like mm-hmm. I, and I just think that feelings and this, cause mental health is real. And and just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's, it's not there. It's so real. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel this. It's just a matter of finding your way out of it and not letting it suck you in into an unhealthy situation. 100%. Well said. And so let's finish up with a new journey that ties on. And I'm hoping you're going to be a guest for a little female interlude, but tell us about (laughs) what Ty's new journey is. That's kind of exciting. It's turned this horrible situation around and made a platform. Basically he is going to be, or trying to be an advocate for men's mental health, just letting people know that, it's normal and just getting out there and talking and starting the conversation. So it's not such a dirty word. And, you know, 
the buddies that have reached out to him saying like, holy shit, like, yes, thank you. And the response he's had has been incredibly inspiring, but heartbreaking at the same time, because there's all these people that are just hiding and just accepting their life as what it is and not knowing that there can be light at the end of the tunnel or, you know, they're just accepting their life for being, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of him for starting the podcast, The Benevolent Bench on Apple Podcasts and Facebook and Instagram. And it's just going to be I think it's going to be huge, Brittany. I am so incredibly thrilled for the response that he's gotten so far. I'm so excited to hear it. Listen <laughs> I'm so to excited. it. Yeah, no, he did let me listen to his first episode and it's really great. It is, awesome. he's got a hot voice. Like he totally does. But, <laughs> but also 15 years later, it's yeah. still working for him. <laughs> yeah. But no, you know, he, he really has hit a pocket that is untouched and unfortunately it's untouched for men's mental health and really just being a buddy and really just being an advocate to let people know that, you know, you're not alone. Let's talk about it. You know, let's see if there's like his topics every week or stuff that hopefully somebody will just relate to. And, you know, he said, babe, if something like this was available for me last year, I think my life, the last six months would have been different. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that is so sad, but I'm so proud of him for just doing it and making a change. So good. Yeah. That's what I said to Ryan, just even with, with our conversation today, with all the podcasts that I'm putting out there, as long as I can hit like one person, one person to know that that has like helped them today, you know, you're not alone. You're not alone in mental health. You're not alone in any of the daily life. We're all here. We're all walking through it. But if we could all just be a little bit more honest with each other, then how less lonely would we all feel? Yeah. You are so right about that. Just be honest with yourself and, and other people and everybody will stop chasing this invisible situation that is not real anyway because it's on Instagram you know if everybody's chasing that perfect picture but the picture's not real you're gonna just freak out at the end like you're not gonna enjoy your life Yeah. yeah yeah it's the realization that I think a lot of people need to just have a better outlook on life and just enjoy their now instead of the future and just just Enjoy today. now that's all we can do in life that is all that is guaranteed is today and if we all just kind of broke that down into our mini moments every day what are we going to do today to make ourselves proud and happy and you know live for today yeah. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that you enjoyed today's raw and honest conversation with Haley. We had a really nice time opening up to one another, getting to know each other on a different level, and being a bit of a pillar of support to one another. I hope that whatever you are walking through in life or have walked through or maybe in the future are walking through, you recognize that you are never alone. There is always someone there to help. Just ask, whether it's depression, anxiety, loneliness, overwhelm, whatever it may be, you are not alone. Ask for help. Talk about it. And as a sidebar, 
Haley nor I are medical professionals, nor are we trying to offer that medical support here. This is coming from a place of personal experience and opinion. Please reach out to your resources if you are looking for medical advice. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it. See you next week. You can find me on Instagram at MomSweatSamuel.com.